hello everybody and welcome to another one in our series of financial well-being podcasts my name is david lloyd writer actor broadcaster general man about town and i'm here with my two good friends chris bud chris who are you good morning everybody i am a writer and I'm going to call myself a management consultant. Are you really? I know. Oh, jeez. Is that terrible, isn't it? I didn't, never thought I'd end up doing these. But I was driving the other day and I thought, I'm a bloody management consultant. How did that happen? Well done. Hard work, Chris. You get there in the end. And that other voice you just heard interjecting then, producer Tomo. Tomo, how's tricks, mate? Uh, a tricky one to answer, if I'm honest with you, oh, okay. David. Yeah, I just wanted to take a moment because it will become relevant. Why? I'd like to mention this point because we're going to talk and Chris and mentioned more about it, about community well-being. A week ago today, I lost my grandfather, oh, I'm which sorry was, he was, a, he was a good age. He was 85 and he, he went peacefully in his sleep. But he was, a, he was a role model to me and probably gave me my real passion and love for things like cricket and sport. And, but he was a man who was very heavily involved in the community doing lots of, uh, I mean, he was in scouting and was a scout leader for 50-odd years and did a lot of charity work and, and to his credit, got an MBE for for, wow. for for it as well. And he was then a magistrate for a long time. So somebody who was heavily involved in the community and uh, was a man who walks the walk. And I think, I thought it was quite, I wanted to mention his name and give him a bit of a tribute What here. is his name? It's Ken, but I called him Digger. Because he would, when I was younger, he wouldn't let me call him Grandad because it made him feel old. <laughs> <laughs> even, even to his uh, his uh, last days, it was Digger, not Grandad, because he didn't like the. You're in your thirties, Tom. I can't, I can't be a Grandad still. So yeah, we lost him a week ago, but a, a, a special man. Yeah, I thought it was quite poignant that we're going to be talking about a topic and it will become relevant. Yeah. Um, Thanks for mentioning it, Tom. No, yeah, okay. yeah. It's the digger. Yeah, it yeah. is the digger indeed. Cheers. Obviously an important man in your life. And, and, and I, think, I think we will touch more on that as the uh, uh, podcast unfolds about how people that put themselves out a little bit go that extra mile in order to uh, do good stuff for the community and what a difference that can make. Mm. To themselves as well, of course. To their own well-being as well as a bit But let's we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yes. Exactly. yes. So thanks. But I promise it will be a cheery podcast. <laughs> I just <laughs> selfishly wanted to make that yeah, tribute to Digger. Yeah. So Chris, what are I mean, Tom has kind of given the game away here. <laughs> Tell us a bit more about what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah, as, as Tom says, we're going to be looking at one of the fine main pillars of well-being, which we haven't really looked at in detail before, which is community well-being. And is that all about? being happy where we live sort of but that's just the starting point really it's much more than that it's we've, we've got some interesting ideas for listeners to think about and may, maybe even to act upon okay but before we go on that let's start with our regular feature where we answer some of the topical questions that clients of Avation finance ask what have you brought to the table this week tomo well on the continuing subject of Mortality and death is really <laughs> cheery. Buddy, do <laughs> uh, it comes up a lot. People ask, "What's going to happen to my pension when I die?" And I'm going to just focus on personal pensions or defined contribution pensions. And in simple terms, what we I like simple terms. Yeah, I'll try my best. <laughs> um, whatever the pot is worth at the time that you die goes to whoever you nominate to have it. So it's not part of your will. You physically nominate who should receive your pension and you just write to your pension provider and you can update that whenever you want and the pot will then go to them on your death. 
a quick tax rule. Die before 75, completely tax-free. Die Which after... Which tax? Sorry, just tax-free. It's paid out. Tax, in, no, there's no inheritance. No, any tax. Okay, no, sorry. No tax at all. There's no inheritance tax on, on these pensions in the majority of cases. And then if you die after 75, the tax is based on the recipient's tax rate. So if they happen to be a non-taxpayer, great. But if they are a higher rate taxpayer, they might pay quite a bit of tax. So there's an important tax planning rule there, Tommy, isn't it? Which is if you have elderly relatives and you're going to receive their pension, make sure they die before 75. Exactly. So hover around them. <laughs> but actually, it's a really good point. Is, is If you have an advisor, speak to them to make sure you've got the right nomination on there because there's quite a few options. Um, but also looking at making sure you've got the right type of pension to be able to pass down assets in a tax-efficient way. And if you have a will that says, I leave everything, my entire estate, to the cat's home or whatever mm-hmm. it might be, which is separate from your pension, which stipulates that there are particular specific beneficiaries, yeah. does that uh, the pension override the, the intentions of the will in that case? Yeah. Yeah, in simple terms. Yeah. Excellent. There you go. That is a simple term. Yeah. <laughs> I don't do that very often. So, um, yeah, there you go. I think I'd like to just let listeners know why we are being so swift and concise here. Oh, God. Um, we've just spent the last 45 minutes recording exactly this podcast. I need to discover we weren't recording it at all because Tomo hadn't put a fresh card into the microphone. I thought I got away with that. So this is the secret, guys. Top producer. We should rehearse. And then second time round, it's so much quicker. Exactly. And, and then and then what will happen is now Tammy will be in the office listening to that. So well, we don't need that little bit we'll just cut that out so you may or may not hear this right now let's move on to everybody's favorite bit of the podcast let's be on it tight ass tomo the bit where we uh producer tomo comes in and he's got a fantastic money saving tip for us but before we hear from the man himself chris what have you brought well i've got a couple of quickies um dave lamb at lotus dave on twitter suggests charging all your devices at work which i think is quite cool Oh, yeah, I testify to that. You do that already, Tom. <laughs> yeah, right? you yeah, can well yeah. imagine, can't you? Unsurprisingly. Yeah. And Darren Cook, who's at Red Circle FP on Twitter, suggests getting a vasectomy to stop yourself from having four kids. <laughs> Unfortunately, I think it might be too late for him. <laughs> you save yourself an absolute fortune by doing that. I've got one from at Shining Lights UK, which I think might need explaining, Tomo. He says, always look for online outlet stores, Asics running shoes, Dyson on eBay, shoe imperfects. Well, don't take this the wrong way, David, but I think they've pretty much explained what they should be looking for is online outlet stores. But no, if you go on eBay, they have specific stores for likes of Dyson and all that sort of thing. And it might be might be knockoff, not knockoffs, things that have not been are not so shiny. All right, well, look, I'll give you, you a, give you an example of that. This watch I'm wearing, great radio, this because you can't see it. Uh, it's it's a smart watch. I bought it about six months ago, and it's not the latest model. It's last year's model. I bought it from an outlet in China, which means it was shipped overland, so I had to wait eight weeks to get it. So as a result, I saved myself eighty pounds. And you got—we've talked about this in a point—you got delayed gratification because you waited did. eight weeks Looking forward for it. For it. Yeah. yeah, in fact, if it yeah. taken nine weeks, you'd have had even more well-being from that, it. This yeah. is a really good tip. I was once told because I was looking to buy a new road bike, which is currently not being used. But that—that's another point. Where I actually looked to buy last season's range because they're usually a lot cheaper, and actually the difference in quality is so minimal, if at all. Um, but, of course, people are drawn to the latest thing, and the la- it must be the newest model, um, but actually 
There is a move away from that I've noticed now, and we're now, we're now looking because of the environmental impact, particularly within the clothing industry, of buying new clothes all the time. And uh, but that's perhaps one for another podcast. I anyway. think we should do a fashion podcast. I've just typed in online outlet stores into the beloved Google, and there are lots and lots of suggestions actually. So that's the easiest way to do that. Excellent. Brilliant. Right, let's get on to today's subject: community well-being. Now, whoa, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, I beg your pardon. You've missed the main event. Oh, sorry. <laughs> this is what this is the only thing people come to listen to. Is my tip. How dare you, David? The ego has landed. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, we've waffled on about our uh, financial uh, saving tips. On to the master himself, the right. monarch of meanness, the prince of parsimony, the titan of tightness that is Titus Tomo. What have you got for us today? Well, David, I'm actually going to encourage people to spend money this week. I Jaws drop collectively I around the world. No, I'm going to tell you a story. It wasn't my money that was spent. Obviously, in line with the news about my grandfather, I came home a couple of days ago to a gift that was uh, awaiting me. And, and that's why I opened it up. I looked, at a, uh, looked in there. It was a lovely card to say, really sorry to hear the news. Here's a little something for you to remember Digger by. I thought, all right, so I opened up. And it was a lovely little whiskey tasting set because he did like his, his whiskey. And it really did make me feel as though, wow, I've got friends around me and it really gave me a boost. So I guess the theme is, because we talked about it before, is spending money on others is a terrific way to use your money. So the Titus Tomo tip this week is send Titus Tomo some whiskey. Precisely. <laughs> exactly. And, and tell us, when did you drink that whiskey, Tommy? It may. <laughs> well, last night, and it may be the reason why we are recording this for the second time. <laughs> um, so now it's definitely going to have to stay in, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. <laughs> yes, because you forgot to put the SD card in. Yeah. Right, okay. Let's move on. Let's stop embarrassing Tom Oban. It's a great tip. All right, well, maybe later on. It's such fun. But that's a great tip. Let's get on to today's subject, community well-being. Now, I know we've touched on this before. Um, The former mayor of Bristol, George Ferguson, came in in episode 11. He talked about the sharing economy and the importance of creating communal spaces. Exactly. And that's a really good example of what I'd like us to talk about. So to start off, let's just remind why we do this podcast. Why are we sitting around here? Looking at Tom, we're looking slightly hungover. Um, the, the objective of these podcasts is to give people ideas about how they can improve their well-being, particularly relating to how they use their money. OK, so that's, that, let's get that as our starting point. Now, there are two ways of looking at community well-being. We can either consider how the community we live in affects our well-being, but that's kind of passive and, and out of, um, rather out of our control. But unless you move to another community... Indeed, although obviously that's not always practical for family, jobs, etc. So I thought we'd take a look at what steps we can take to improve our own community well-being. And to do that, we first of all just need a quick look at the theories of community well-being so that we know what it is we need to be working on. So to paraphrase JFK, ask not what your community does for you, but what you can do for your community. You I are think so profound, David. Oh, Brilliant deep, slogan for the podcast. Deep as the Grand Canyon, that's me. Always as wide. No. <laughs> that would have been true a few years ago, but I've actually lost a bit of weight. Yes, podcasts do lie, don't they? Um, so uh, according to the organisation What Works Wellbeing, community wellbeing is measured through people, place, and power. People means opportunities for social interaction. Place means the aesthetics, um, also employment and earning potential, crime, transport, leisure, and so on. 
and power means your voice in the community, so access to local resources and opportunities. So going back to what you said about wanting to focus on what we can do, presumably place and power are all, are all about choosing where to live rather than how you live when you're there. Yeah, exactly. And policymakers will obviously be very concerned about creating the right spaces. But we're a personal finance podcast and we're interested in what we can do. So let's go back to the book that I started with five years ago when I first started researching this topic of money and happiness. Uh, it's a book called Wellbeing by Rath and Harter. I very much recommend um, anybody reading that. It's not a difficult read at all. It's really interesting. And they take many decades of research by Gallup and draw conclusions about what makes us happy. And one of the first and most important conclusions is that there are five areas of well-being. Which are? Well, they are um, obviously financial well-being, but also career, social, physical and community. And the first and possibly most important point that they make in the book is how these five areas interact with each other that brings about well-being. So if you live in a place which looks lovely, has great transport, entertainment, low crime, opportunities to share your views, but you don't engage with it, then you won't get well-being from that community. And if there's, if there's one thing I've learned from the previous 54 podcasts, I hope it's more than one thing that I've learned, actually. <laughs> if there is one thing, it's although all five are important, social well-being, the quality of our social relationships mm. is the most important. So to quote the book, uh, um, community well-being is about what we do to give back to our community. So you need to live in a place which offers opportunities to get involved in the local community, but then you actually need to take the step to get involved. Yeah, do you mind if I just jump in a second and just talk about some anecdotal evidence of talking and advising clients and certainly when we're looking for them to just lift their heads up from the daily grind and really think about what they would like life to look like. And things they'd like to do. And the most common thing that comes up is travel, which we've spoken before on this podcast about. But the second is helping other people in some way. So it might be getting involved in a charity or a community project. Um, but they often turn to this helping others once they know they are financially OK. And ultimately, I'd suggest it's the impact we make on other people that defines us. We are social animals and we need strong social relationships to be happy. You know this, David. You and I build a cricket youth section together. You continue to build it and make it thrive with new parents and coaches. And there was the uh, Bristol City Community Foundation you helped to, to start and, and get going. Well, that's right. Yeah, so that was when I worked at Bristol City about 10 years ago. They had a, a small community or disparate community organisations within the club there, but, but they, they weren't working cohesively as a whole. And what I did was bring them all together. We formed and the Bristol City Community Trust. That has now grown, has turned into the Robbins Foundation. And although finance shouldn't always be a, a measure of how well an organisation does, so when I started off, the turnover was £120,000 and it's now well in excess of a million pounds. Wow. So, wow. so, so in, in terms of the good works that they do in particularly deprived areas of South Bristol, you know, that's been a huge, huge success. And in, in terms of my well-being, when I look back, of all the things I achieved when I worked at Bristol City, it is the thing of which I am the proudest because I think it's the thing that's made the most difference. And therefore, it's given me lots of well-being. Yeah, that, that's, that's incredible. I can only imagine the difference that that's made to a lot of people's lives and, and that community. You know, I think there is a direct connection with money here. You know, giving is good for well-being, but only if it's planned and to something that you can see results 
in. So, uh, you know, that's a really good example. It might not necessarily money, actually, at time. You know, you actually gave your time to that organisation. You could see the results of it. You know, getting involved in something local will really give you that double whammy of both that community well-being, but if you are lending your finances to it, financial well-being as well. And there's a lot of research to back this up. The book, again, Wellbeing quotes neurological research that shows there are areas of the brain that light up under an MRI scan when we receive money, but it lights up more brightly when we give money. Is it really? Is it, I suppose that chimes in when you, certainly as I got older, realised this, when you give money to people you know, at Christmas, you actually get quite excited about seeing their reaction to these things, don't you? Chris, make your brain light up. Give me money. <laughs> yeah, quite. Give me money. I want to increase your well-being. Spending money on others, we talked about. <laughs> Send some whiskey to Tomo, everybody. Make yourselves happy. But, but there is even um, research that suggests giving helps us to live longer as it increases our well-being and reduces negative emotions. So, listeners, I... Put my address in the show notes, (laughs) um, send more whiskey, and my, well, I probably won't live as long because I'll be drinking so much whiskey, but you guys will. Yeah, the podcast will completely go to pieces. (laughs) If it hasn't already. (laughs) (laughs) So we should think of helping with something locally, but we should think of that in terms of being selfish, because actually then we're increasing our own well-being. Do you know what? Why we have, there is a lot of guilt around that subject, isn't there? about feeling good about doing this kind of thing. And actually, that's the reason behind it. So I'd like to take that guilt away. Yeah, I, I agree, Tom. There's a phrase that, that I've seen on, online, actually, a bit recently, called virtue signalling, mm. which is basically slagging people off when they say they've done something good. Oh, let's, let's virtue signal. Let's, yeah. let's let... So I, I went on Twitter and I just said to people, what do you get involved with locally? And there's some really interesting things, because I want people to feel at the end of this podcast, do you know what? I need to do something different. To increase my well-being, I'm going to go and volunteer for something. So I just thought, how can we help people to do that? And the first thing is make it real, make them realise it can be quite easy. So what do people do? Matthew Warren coaches a local football team. Seeing them develop over the last four years has been great. Kevin Wood, treasurer for a local scout group. It takes him takes up two hours of his week. Uh, ben Faby is a trustee, sorry, a governor. Uh, uh, they're called trustees these days, of course, of academies, of his daughter's school. Kate Shaw... FLP Limited on Twitter. She volunteers a child line. Uh, quite a big commitment during training, but then three hour, three and a half hours a week, uh, which is one shift. Uh, she says it's a lot of things, but rewarding is high up on the list. So that's fantastic. And more and more and more. Brian Hill, almost full time by the looks of it, uh, helping the army cadets. Lots of people just do a little bit. Martin Bamford does loads. He, uh, I love the fact that he helps arrange the Christmas lights switch on in his local town. isn't it? So lots of people doing lots of really, really good things. And it's, it's, Jason Holmes kind of sums it up quite nicely. Volunteer work is so rewarding and I would recommend everyone to do some. Find their thing, whatever inspires them, and give to it as they can. Time, intellectually, money. His thing is disadvantaged youth. But I think that's a really good summary of, of how people can get involved and why they should get involved. We, we've spoken before, Chris, that actually self-interest is a really powerful agent for change so let, let's embrace it and uh, there is absolutely nothing wrong with having that self-interest if it's going to make a real positive impact because yeah often people will do things 
yeah, with their own interests at heart. And that's okay. Embrace that, own it, and don't feel guilty about it. And don't knock people off when they're actually talking about these things that they do, mm. because at least they're doing something. Exactly. And I, you know, I do a lot. In fact, individually, the three of us here, we all do a lot, I know, locally, when we can, for our own communities. Why do I do it? I don't do it for the money. In fact, arguably, it costs me money because I could be spending some of the time I'm doing my voluntary stuff earning money. But you know what? I'm not a rich man, but I've got enough money. But you're a wealthy man, aren't you? Oh, <laughs> Well, I'm wealthy in happiness, and do you yeah, know what? Yeah, exactly. I'm quite happy to say, call it virtue signaling if you like. But the work that I do in my community around the cricket club and the various other things that I've done makes me happy, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So I went online just to see what things there might be locally. There's a few things that I found. One was, uh, if you just put in volunteering locally, there's a royalvolunteer.org, I think it's called, um, which has lots of opportunities that so can be just very, very short. Tomo, you found an interesting one. Yeah, goodgym.org, as in exercise gym, G. Why am? <laughs> but they got this it's um, exercise gym. Yeah, but not as we know it. <laughs> <laughs> but they've got this. Uh, they got this terrific group runs where they they go on a run with with people, which you got your social interactions, fantastic. But on these runs, they they nip into elderly uh, people's houses and said, "You would need us to go and do an errand whilst we're out on our runs." They might go and pick up a milk a pint of milk and come back. I just thought brilliant, helping the community, social interactions. So yeah, good that, gym. Really org. There's loads of things like this out there. It's really not that hard. You could also another little tip, by the way, slight digression, but uh, thanks to Chris Dames, D D A E M S, um, and you might want to have a listen to his kindness podcast. It's called the Kindness Project, and he's got lots of interesting ideas in there as well. Great. So to bring this to a conclusion, community well-being is a big contributor to overall well-being, but it's one we need to work at. We've got to make sure we're living in a community which suits us that gives us a voice and opportunities for engagement, but then we've got to get out and use those opportunities. Yeah, and if there's one takeaway from this episode, it is the extent to which community wellbeing contributes. It's a major part to happiness. So, guys, do something. Excellent. be really interesting to talk around this subject today. We've talked about community, we've talked about wellbeing, and let's remember, as we started, that this episode is dedicated to somebody who made that very much part of his own life, Tomo's granddad, Digger. Cheers, Digger. If you want to be notified of upcoming podcasts, make sure you click the subscribe button. For more information on the topics discussed in today's podcast and to purchase a copy of the Financial Wellbeing book, please visit www.financialwell-being.co.uk. We'd love to hear your thoughts and ideas on financial well-being. You can send us an email at contact at financialwell-being.co.uk. You can follow us on Twitter at FinWellBeing. Chris is Ovation Chris, and David is at Dave underscore Backwell. This has been an Ovation Finance production. Thanks for listening to the Financial Wellbeing Podcast. More interesting than you might think.